Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. This word has an ability to change our life. It has an ability to direct us within the pages and the chapters of this book. There is a power for you to have a personal moment with the Savior of all the earth. Amen. You can have a moment that can redirect you. You can have a moment that will change you. You can have a moment that will define you. You can have a moment that will completely transform you. I don't know about anybody else, but I think you would probably agree with me. I would much rather loosen God's hand in my life to pour out blessings upon me and my family than I would like to have his hand cuffed, amen, so he can't do anything for me. I want the blessings of God, and I'm telling you today, in your moment when God pushes you into that place of decision, choose God every single time because God's power, God's anointing will be there to be a on you and he will bless you in your moment of good decision grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 Paul speaks of Two men here in this scripture, as well as if you want to broaden the the idea of it just a little bit, you can say that he talks of two types of people here. We all fall under one of these two categories, but for now we're going to just read as he wrote it about the two different men, the first Adam and the second Adam. Thank God. There was a second Adam because the first Adam blew it for all of us. (laughs) And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God neither doth corruption inherit incorruption behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That word incorruptible means no longer will we be subject to sin, death, decay, wrinkles, 
<laughs> age spots. The list could go on and on and on again because we will not have an earthly body, but we will have a heavenly body. I just want to preach to you to the best of my ability today a message that I think would make Sister Lee Han very happy today. And I've entitled it, In a Moment. Would you say that with me? In a moment. Say it one more time. In a moment. You may be seated today. There's a quote that I read some time ago um, that stayed with me. I, I, the older I get, the more uh, sentimental I become. Uh, things have a way of dealing with my mind that takes me back to thoughts and people. And I may see a picture that reminds me of a time in the past, uh, just a reference point in my life that I can go back to and stirs a memory, stirs a moment. The quote that I read says this, we do not remember days, we remember moments. A moment is a brief portion, a minute portion or point of time. A moment is here and then it is gone. Moments don't last for days. Moments don't last for weeks, months, years. But moments are a small amount of time in your life that causes you to, by the grace of God, by the nature that God had designed us with, to be able to take and place that into a spot into our mind where it is there to stay. Something about that that moment makes an impression in our memory that we can go back to that place and we can relive it, so to speak. Several years ago, I was officiating a wedding for uh, my niece, and she's about the same age as our youngest daughter, Morgan. And uh, it was a beautiful wedding, beautiful people. She had uh, found herself a wonderful young man, by the name of Logan, and, and they asked if I would officiate their wedding. The wedding was performed in a beautiful church over in St. Louis, and the crowd was there, and all of the people were dressed so nicely. And I can vividly remember being in the pastor's study with Logan for a little while before the ceremony began, and we began to discuss some things, and we were, I was sitting at the desk, he was sitting on the couch, and we were just talking about a few things. I was trying to give him a few tidbits of a man that had been married for three plus decades at the time and right at that and, and uh, just give him a, a, just a little advice from somebody that was not a new kid on the block and from somebody that had dealt with other people and other relationships and, and I can remember sitting there having certain conversations and then as the, the day proceeded, we walked out and took our places on the platform. And I never will forget, as I stood there, I know all the attention is drawn as the doors fling open, as the music begins to play that beautiful bridal triumphant march. And the father and the bride are, are standing at the back of the church and everybody for the first time is able to stand to their feet, turn around and put their eyes upon the bride and her father as he begins to walk her down the middle aisle. And I was one of those people as well, but I didn't just 
stay focused upon the bride and, and my brother-in-law, I, I happened to look over at the groom and looked at his face and I saw a, an expression of sheer wonder and amazement. I, I saw, I think, in fact, what true love looks like on the face of a man. I saw his lip began to quiver and a tear began to roll down his eye as he looked upon the one that he was about ready to take the rest of his life and combine it with this beautiful young woman as they were going to go off into life together. I watched as men that are from our family are two different families that were in ministry gathered around them later on in that ceremony and laid their hands upon that precious young couple and began to pray with them. You see, I can't remember every detail that took place that day. But there are spots, there are moments in that time that are indelibly placed into my mind that I can go back to and I can remember with great fondness and it brings a warm feeling to my soul to think back about how I felt the Holy Ghost when we laid our hand upon that young apostolic couple and we prayed an anointing upon them and we prayed a blessing upon them and how the Lord swept into that place and you could just feel God placing his approval upon what was taking place in that one divine moment as they set out on their journeys together. Moments that exceeded expectations, moments that were, in my opinion, kind of surreal, and yet they become such a vital part in who we are and what we shall be. Moments have the power to direct us, Brother Bishop, Moments have the power if we allow them to put their power upon us to push us in one direction or the other depending upon how we respond to those moments. I look at the word of God and I love to set down one of my favorite things in this entire world is to get up in the morning with a cup of coffee and to take my Bible and to go into the living room or wherever I decide to read that morning and sit down and just uh, say a little word of prayer and then begin to open up God's word and begin to read through it. And as I read through it, I find where God's word is filled with moments that made a difference in this world. The Word of God is full of those types of moments, full of happenings that define both people and nations. We may not have every detail at our disposal. As a matter of fact, one writer said that all the books in the world could not contain what Jesus Christ did while he was on this earth. But he's given us enough moments for us to understand and to realize that this word has an ability to change our life. It has an ability to direct us within the pages and the chapters of this book. There is a power for you to have a personal moment with the Savior of all the earth. Amen. You can have a moment that can redirect you. You can have a moment that will change you. You can have a moment that will define you. You can have a moment that will completely transform you. All in a moment. Been times when I have been taken 
back to relive a moment in time and been so engrossed in the memory that you know I, I can remember a time where I, I was I got hurt and I, I was thinking about it and I just got lost in that and when that when that stick came hurling at my face and hit me in the eye you know back when I was uh, about ten years old and me and my friend were down playing in the backyard and we were pulling these old uh, dry sticks up out of the mud and, and and we were slinging them like like darts through the air and I just happened to turn around as my best friend uh, I think I needed a new best friends what I think uh, my best friend saw from a distance if he could hit me with one well I had my back turned and he was going to surprise how was he to know that as soon as it left his hand that I was going to turn around and take one right in the eye I got to thinking about that the other day, and, and I was so engrossed in that memory, and I was kind of getting tickled, but in my mind, when I was thinking about it when, when it, when the memory came, I literally flinched when I got to that point where it was supposed to hit me. I jerked my head away, and there was nothing there. Forty years have gone by. But it was a moment that had affected me, a moment that was placed up here in my mind that when I went back to it, I could relive it to the point that it was almost a reality all over again. Moments in my life where if I think about them, might cause a tear to well up in my eye because of something that I had experienced. We call that getting caught up in the moment. Yes. Moments are powerful things. Moments carry the weight to move a person internally through our emotions to feel things that have been long since past like they were happening right now in this very moment again. There's some pictures that when I look at them captured the moment. Now, there's a lot of things that I wish that somebody had a camera for, but but they, they've not been able to catch it. Thank you very much, Bryce Jones, for, for that beautiful video of me falling on my head in the gym a few weeks ago. Uh, he captured a moment in my life that, that we laugh about, you know. But, but, but there's some other pictures. I, I look back at a picture when uh, Morgan and Christian were getting married, and it was a beautiful setting, and I was so thrilled, and I was happy to have Christian come along as, as another uh, son-in-law. I was, I was thrilled that they were getting married. I mean, we were this close to empty nest syndrome, you know? I mean, it was right there. And I knew it, that that day sealed the deal. You got her, buddy. I am not taking her back. But you better treat her right, or I'll come after you. We all know better than that. I've never, never seen a young man treat a, a young lady so well. What a great moment in time, and everything was said and done, and Morgan and Christian turned around to, to walk out of that gazebo down past, and in the moment that, that she passed me, I threw my hand up like, give me a high five, girl, and, and she sure enough caught on to it and smack away it went, and somebody captured that on a picture and captured the moment. I thought, how cool was that? High five in my, my youngest daughter. She's like, you, you got it, man. You, you did it. I did it. Me and your mom did it. You know, you, you're gone. This is a great moment.
Those times when I have held my grandchild for the very first time. Hmm. As long as I will live and I have my right mind and don't even go there about have your right mind, Brother Rice. We already know you've lost your mind already. As long as I have my right mind, I will always remember being in those hospital rooms and holding those grandbabies for the first time. There's a picture in my office at home. Once again, Brother Jones put together a little picture and put it on a little board and what do you call that when you put that stuff on it? Something podge? Mod podge? Mod podge? A collage of mod podge? I don't know. Mod collage? Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And it's of the very first time that Brother Twist and Brother Shout ever walked through the door, and they were standing there with this pose in the door of, uh, uh, of the church down the street and, and captured that moment. And every time I look at that picture, and all the grandchildren, they, you know, even little Bennett, you know, he's, he's kind of just learning to talk in the last few months. He'll look up at that and say, say Daddy funny, Daddy funny. That's you, Paul. Paul. I said, yeah, yeah, that's me. Moments that, that capture us, bits and pieces of my life, slivers of time captured in my mind, and they, they have a way of defining who we are. You may have experienced some of these things with me, but no two people can ever be impacted exactly the same way. What, what one might see as funny, another might see as irritating. What, what might cause somebody to laugh, somebody else might, might be angered over. Because how we respond to moments is on an individual basis. I may respond to a moment differently than you respond to a moment. And because of that, it may send me in a different direction than it may send you. Amen. Our responses to the moments in our life are every bit as important as the moment itself is. So many times things get pushed aside. So many times we miss a moment. We're not able to... Uh, to get a hold of something. We're not able to, to look at something that is taking place and take advantage of what is right there before us and we lose out and we miss something because we don't respond to the moment while it's happening. Paul's speaking about some very important moments in the history of the world. When he speaks of two atoms, he's actually speaking of two moments that changed everything. The first Adam was the very first human being that was created by God. What a miraculous thing. He waited till the sixth day. He created the, the stars and the moons and, and the waters and, and the, the plants and the birds and the, the beast and all those things. And on the sixth day, he created man, which, which was his crowning achievement. It was quite a moment in the history of the world when God breathed the breath of life into man and that man became a living soul. What a moment that was to take something eternal and put it into something that was carnal, 
something that was fleshly, something that was an earthen vessel. The word became simply means to come into being. It was a defining moment when God put an eternal spirit into an earthen vessel. But as we know now, eventually the first Adam saw the one thing that he could not have and decided to eat of the tree. And in doing so, he disobeyed his creator. Now, there's been a lot of, of thought that goes into what kind of tree was it? Was it an apple tree? Was it an orange tree? You know, was it what kind of fruit grew on that tree? The Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe it was some kind of exotic thing that we no longer have. I don't think the Bible tells us what it was because I don't think that it matters what kind of fruit was on that tree. It, wasn't, it didn't matter that it was a, an apple or an orange or something we've never tasted before. They looked at it and said it looks good enough to eat, and they decided that they would try it even though they had been told don't touch it. But they got into a conversation with an enemy. You want to do yourself a big favor? Listen to me right here. Somebody that is your enemy, there is no point in trying to have an argument with them. It's only going to drag you down to their level. Amen. Why don't you just pray for them? Why don't you just love God even more than you loved him yesterday? Let God deal with them. But when you draw yourself, allow yourself to be drawn into a conversation with your enemy, it's only going to drag you in their direction. Doesn't matter what kind of fruit it was, doesn't matter what kind of tree it was, it wasn't the fruit that messed up everything, it was the disobedience that messed up everything. And in that moment, everything changed. Because God said that when you eat of that tree, you're surely going to die. Everything that was perfect, everything that was right was all changed because of a foolish moment, a bad decision. It didn't take long, and death didn't come, physical death didn't come overnight, which causes a lot of people to think that they're getting away with sin, but the spiritual death, death was immediate. Because God's spirit will never dwell where sin is, where disobedience is. They died instantaneously in one foolish moment in their spirit. No doubt there are some here today that have had your if-only moments in your life. I know I have. I wish I could go back and change some foolish decisions. There might be some here today that you know somebody that says, if only I hadn't taken that first drink. It seemed so simple. It seemed so innocent. It didn't seem like you, I had no idea that in that one moment when I finally allowed that the so-called friend to talk me into taking that drink, that it was going to change everything, and it was going to push me down a path. If only, if only, if only I had made a different choice in the moment. 
If only I had never said yes when my conscience was telling me to say no. But the moment came in what seemed to be just a glimpse of time in comparison to your entire life, especially when you're young. It seemed like your whole life is laid out ahead of you. As a matter of fact, it is, which makes it all the more important for you to make the right choices when your moment comes. Because every time God places a moment of decision in our life and we choose, it either sends us further away from him or closer to him. It either handcuffs him from being able to bless you and to anoint you or it frees him up to pour and rain down blessings upon you. Amen. I don't know about anybody else, but I think you would probably agree with me. I would much rather loosen God's hand in my life to pour out blessings upon me and my family than I would like to have his hand cuffed. Amen. So he can't do anything for me. I want the blessings of God. And I'm telling you today, in your moment, in your, in your moment when God pushes you into that place of decision, choose God every single time because God's power and God's anointing will be there to be upon you and he will bless you in your moment of good decision. The thing about time is it only works one way. You cannot go back. What's done is set in stone. All we can do is manage forward with what we have before us. That's why it's so important. Make wise decisions in the moment. Adam looks around as he's now plundering forward in this newfound world. It's not a world that's as easy as the one that he was living in. Oh, he's still got his wife He's still got his life. But now the very earth that used to work with him works against him. Adam receives the news that one of his sons has now murdered the other son. He's lost a son at the hands of one of his other sons. Don't you tell me that Adam didn't stop and think, if only I would not have eaten of that fruit, if only I had not disobeyed, if only I had made a better decision in that moment, none of this would have happened. But time has marched on and he's on the other side of the moment. You know he thought back to how easy things used to be. The perfection of Eden, the conversations with his maker in the coolness of the evening, all gone. And that's the way it was for quite some time. But God in all his graciousness saw fit to have another moment that would bring another Adam into the world. And with bringing another Adam into the world, it would bring a new hope, a new beginning, a chance for mankind to make a different decision when the moment presented itself. (laughs) 
The first Adam, the Bible tells us, was made a living soul. But the Bible describes the second Adam as a quickening spirit. There's one version that puts it this way. The first Adam became a living being. The second Adam became a life-giving spirit. Why did Jesus Christ need to be a second Adam that was a life-giving spirit? It's because the first Adam knew what life was, but he threw it all away in a moment of time. And mankind now had to deal with death. We're dealing with death today. Amen. But we're not dealing with death as the same way as Adam, the first Adam, dealt with death. Because Sister Lehan knew not the first Adam, but she understood who the second Adam was. She may not have known the first Adam, but she was definitely acquainted with the life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad I know him. I'm glad I don't have to be dead in my sins, but I have this spirit living inside of me that is like fire shut up in my bones. It is a life-giving spirit. You may be seated today. The first Adam disobeyed and sent mankind into a tailspin of sin, a life of separation from the God who gave us life. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, took what was dead, and he gave it the ability to come back to life. This is why he said that he came, that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I might still be alive today if in that moment when I was 17 years old, I would have never decided to come up and receive Jesus Christ and Holy Ghost in my life. Amen. I might still be alive today, but I would not be the man that I am. I need his spirit. I need his life. I would still be walking in death. I would still be walking in sin, but I came across a moment in time where I chose Jesus Christ. I chose the second Adam. When he sacrificed everything on Calvary, it was not because he was weak. It was because he was strong. It was his moment to correct what the first Adam had destroyed. (laughs) If there's a way, let this cup pass. If there might be some other way that's less painful, less shameful, less degrading. If there might be a way that I could go through this, I might even be able to deal with the pain. If we could just reduce the mocking that I'm going to have to be subjected to. When the moment came in the garden for the decision to be made, He was looking in his flesh for an easier way. But when he came right down to the moment, he said, however, not my will, but thine be done. And he subjected himself in the moment to the greater power. He subjected his flesh to the spirit of God. And he allowed himself to be drug away, crucified on a cross, put through the death and the torment of Calvary's cross, all because he saw your face down through the eons 
sons of time. He saw my face. He saw us in our need. He saw us that we were bound under the curse of the first Adam's moment. And he said, if it takes me giving my life for this, I'm willing to succeed in this moment for every person that might come to the foot of Calvary's cross and give their life to me. I'm grateful today that I found a moment in time where I let God's spirit get a hold of me and I pushed flesh aside enough for me to make the right decision in my moment. So oftentimes we have opportunities that we miss. The reason that we miss them is because we don't understand the value that has presented itself in that moment. If we disregard it, we see it as a sacrifice. We look at it as something that's going to slow us down. We don't have time to stop. We don't have time to listen. We just cruise on through life, passing up moments. I believe it was Brother Jones that said something that got a hold of him one time. His pastor said, God will only work so long on somebody. And eventually he'll just let them go off and do whatever they choose to do. If there would be a way to honor Sister Lehan, it would be to make the right choice in this moment. Hundred and twenty people are in a prayer service. Several of them were on a hillside as Jesus left this earth. But they're remembering the instruction that he gave them go and tarry. Tarry for what? You tarry until you're endued with power, till you're clothed with power. What kind of power? That's not for you to know yet. How's it going to happen? I'm not telling you. You just go and you wait. It wasn't just 120 that, that knew to go there. The Bible doesn't tell us how many started out because it was a lengthy process. But I got a feeling that there were a whole lot more than 120 on day one. But the Holy Ghost didn't fall in that upper room on day one. I'm sure by day three, day four, day five, some were getting discouraged. Some were looking at their watches. Some were pulling out their calendars. Some were checking their appointments. Some were saying, you know what? I've got to go. I, I don't have any more time to give. And the moments clicked past. But on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound. The Bible describes it as coming on very quickly. All of a sudden, 
A rushing mighty wind fills the place. Cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. They all began to speak with other tongues as the quickening, life-giving spirit for the very first time brought a new birth experience into this world. There's a lot of things that happen in this earth over the course of a person's lifetime that you can look back and remember where you're at or what you're doing. Maybe when a president was shot. Maybe when the Twin Towers fell in New York City. Some major event that rocked you to your core and made you stop and burnt a memory of a moment in your life. Some things are tragic, but some things are good. And I can remember I could take you right to the place. I could take you to the seat I was sitting in. I could show you the path that I walked. And I could point out right where I knelt when Jesus Christ filled me with the Holy Ghost. I've been living under the moment that the first Adam had created for all of mankind for long enough. But all in a moment's time, I'm not saying the struggle wasn't there. I'm not saying that that it wasn't difficult. But just all of a sudden like that, I said yes. And when I said yes, I moved. You're never going to move until you first say yes. Would you stand with me today? Doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Doesn't matter how many mistaken moments you've experienced. There's a second Adam that is available to you today. You don't have to live under the curse of the first Adam. You don't have to live under an earthen vessel that will one day deteriorate and be blown away with the wind, but there is a second Adam that is a life-giving spirit. Romans 6 and 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. <laughs> not everybody's going to go the way of death. We're not all going to sleep. But we are all going to be changed. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. We shall be changed. 
Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.